Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. You have to know what you think, what you look at, who you hang out with, all impacts you. Don't allow things to come in you that are contrary to God's word. Guard your thoughts. In 2 Corinthians 10.5, we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see You're changing our lives so we can be our hands and feet God created us with sexual desire, so it's not bad to have those feelings. However, God's Word tells us to control these desires and that it's meant for marriage between a man and a woman. The world will tell you something completely different, like do whatever feels good to you. But Pastor Ed will warn us today not to be deceived. If you give in to physical desires outside of God's moral law, it can destroy your life. Guard your heart in Jesus Christ, and He will help you live a holy life for Him. Now here's Pastor Ed with part two of his message entitled, lust. Building in faith. You know, if you keep back sexual intimacy from your mate, you're sinning. The Bible says we're defrauding our mate. That's what Paul the Apostle says. It says, be careful about the amount of time that you abstain from sexual intimacy. It's like sending that mate out into the world filled with temptation and say, "Uh uh-huh, you go ahead, go ahead, be tempted. You're making it hard for them. You're putting them in harm's way. So wives, husbands, recognize your responsibility to one another. That's spirituality. Okay, everybody else come back in. (laughs) If you're single, God will give you the grace. God will give you the strength. God will help you. Be determined to live a godly life. Don't meet your legitimate needs in illegitimate ways. You know, I was reading something about cohabiting. You can go to a counselor, and if they don't have a Christian worldview, they'll say, go ahead, cohabit, it's okay. I was surprised in some of the resources I was using in studying that how many psychologists and psychiatrists would just advise people to live together. Let me read to you some of the statistics. This was from 2007, the New Oxford Review. It says one-sixth of cohabiting couples stay together for only three years. One in ten survives five or more years. Cohabitation is not the answer. It's not biblical. It doesn't work without commitment. Then the world, the flesh, and the devil. In Peter it says 5, 8, 
Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. You have an enemy. He wants to destroy your life. He wants to destroy your family. He wants to destroy your future. He wants to rob everything that God has for you. He wants to take it away. That's Satan's plan. That's his plot. But you can spoil it. I remember years ago, I was in a time of prayer and fasting. I was seeking the Lord. I was back in college. And I said, Lord, will you give me an understanding about demonic oppression and spiritual warfare? And I had a dream. And in that dream, the Lord spoke to me. He showed me a a Christian man, and this Christian man, his behavior began to change. And he acted so differently than was characteristic. And in the dream, the Lord spoke to me and said, it's a demonic attack. It's a spiritual battle. And I remember waking up, and in those days I wouldn't wake up in the middle of the night. I was uh, in college and I slept right through the night and I would woke up out of a deep sleep. I got down and I began to go, I went to the desk and I began to write down what God had spoken to me. And I felt the presence of the Lord. The next morning my roommate said to me, did you get up during the middle of the night? I said, oh yeah. He said, I thought I was dreaming. I saw you at the desk with the light on, and I saw two angels there. I'll never forget that encounter. There are times Satan will attack you, and he'll try and get a hold of your life with the spirit of lust. Because he can destroy you, he can destroy your family, he can destroy those around you. It is a battle. What are the causes? The world, the flesh, our tendency towards sin. The basic needs we have that Satan would try and put a hook in and pull us in the wrong direction. Satan, our adversary, who would try to destroy us spiritually. Those are some of the causes, and I'm not going into all, but basically those are some. What's the consequence of lust? In 1 Thessalonians 4, 6, that no one wrong or exploit a brother or sister in this manner, because the Lord is an avenger in all these things, just as we have already told you beforehand and solemnly warned you. That's another translation. It brings to light what the text is saying. Don't seduce or don't get involved with someone who's not your spouse, because God will judge that type of sin. The enemy is a great deceiver. What's the consequences? Deception. You get involved in immorality, you will be deceived. It'll deceive you. In Ephesians 4, 22, it says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by deceitful desires. Someone thinks, oh, the grass is greener on the other side. If only he or if only she were my mate. Or if only I can get him or I can get her. And they begin to fantasize. They begin to think about. And soon their thoughts turn to actions and their actions turn to deeds. And their deeds end up in destruction. It's not going to satisfy you. It isn't. You read testimony again and again and again. It's deceptive. 
It's deceptive. A woman thinks, I want to deal with this loneliness. I want to fulfill this sense of need of intimacy. And she finds she gets herself in a web of problems. A man feels like life is maybe passing him by and years are going, and he thinks, I want to prove my youthfulness or my attractiveness, or perhaps life has been hard and he wants to somehow uh, sedate the pain, and he gets involved in sexual sin. It's disaster. I still remember I could see that person right now. We were at a presbytery meeting and one of our ministers, a, a well-known, well-loved minister, had fallen into adultery. That church was ripped apart. His marriage was on such shaky ground. His children left the faith and over the year that we would see him, I watched his hair turn from black to gray. The anxiety, the worry, the shame, it was a burden that crushed him. Oh, you're not going to find it. It's deceiving. It doesn't pay. You get involved in pornography and you get addicted. Uh, the studies have shown it's like a drug addiction. It releases chemicals in your brain, and you get caught in it, and it's just as strong and just as powerful as someone with an alcohol or drug addiction. It's deceptive. Don't go there. If you have to get rid of the computer, get rid of the computer. If you have to disconnect from online, disconnect. If you have to change your subscription on the television, change your subscription on the television. If you have to separate relationships and someone is a tempter or temptress to you, do it. Someone has said, sex does not create intimacy. Sexual activity only celebrates what is there. Sex cannot deliver what, it, what doesn't already exist. God made us with these desires, but don't let them run amok. Don't let the enemy put a hook in and just make you a slave and put you in bondage. Go to the manual, God's word, and live your life according to his word. In James 1.15, it says, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, gives birth to death. Deception, it will deceive you. You think, oh, I won't get caught. Oh, it, I'll be all right. Oh, nobody will know. It always takes you farther than you want to go and costs you more than you want to pay. There's destruction with this sin. Look at the consequences. Deception, destruction. In Proverbs 32, 33, but a man who commits adultery lacks judgment. Whoever does so destroys himself. It's a self-destruct button. How many people have destroyed their lives? They've destroyed themselves. When you sin in that way, you sin against, Paul says, your own body. 
God made you. He knows everything about you. Don't think you could just, oh, I'll just sh- shake it off. No, 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 no. There's psychological, there's spiritual, there's emotional impact. I don't care what they tell you out there. The Bible is true. What a man sows, he also will reap. How we live in this world impacts us in this world. You can't escape it. It's, it's a law of scripture. It's a law in the word. It's not like human laws. Human law says, you know, down at the bottom of the hill, we want to put a stop sign. There's a lot of traffic. So we go to the township, they take a vote, they say, okay, let's put a stop sign. And they probably make the church pay for it. But anyway, so we put a stop sign there. Well, traffic patterns change. They build some other highway and the traffic pattern changes. And so we decide, we don't need a stop sign there. We go there and say, listen, let's get rid of the stop sign. God's law is not like that. If they met in Washington, D.C., and they decided... We're going to change the law of gravity. And they vote on it. And it's a unanimous vote. No more law of gravity. If you fall, if you jump off a building, you won't fall. Listen, they could make a law say, fire won't burn you. It could be a unanimous decision. The first person to go out after that congressional meeting and put their hand in the fire, guess what? The first person after that meeting, they fall, jump off a building, guess what? That's the way God's moral law is. No matter what the philosophers or what the theologians or what the psychologists or psychiatrists or what all the legislatures legislate, you cannot change God's word. You cannot change God's moral law. There are consequences to sin. So young people, I know You live in a different generation than I grew up in. And I pray for you. I really do. I know it's difficult. But guide your life by this book. It's the true north star of life. It will be a compass to lead you in the right direction. Finally and last, how do you... What's the conquest of lust? In 1 Thessalonians 4, 7... God has called us to live holy lives, not impure lives. God doesn't ask you to do something that you can't do. He doesn't give you a command just so that you become frustrated and upset and angry. God puts it there for a very specific reason, and he gives you the power to do it. And here's just some ways. There's, uh, I, really, you could spend sermons on this last point, but guard your heart. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. You have to know what you think, what you look at, uh, who you hang out with. All impacts you. Don't allow things to come in you that are contrary to God's word. Uh, Guard your thoughts. In 2 Corinthians 10.5, We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Uh, Some sinful, lustful thought comes in. Don't let it stay there. Don't let it lodge there. Martin Luther, the reformer, said, you can't stop the birds from flying over your head, but you can stop them from building a nest in your hair. (laughs) Be careful what you think. Don't allow thoughts to linger, to hold on. 
Don't read those steamy novels or don't watch those uh, television shows or movies that provoke the lust of the flesh. Uh, Guard your eyes. Psalm 101 verse 3. I will set before my eyes no evil things. I'll tell you, ladies, be careful about your fashion. I know you might be out of fashion with the world, but you'll be fashion with God. Watch how you dress. Man, don't take a second look. Watch what you watch on television. Television, be very, very careful what goes in the eye gate. Uh, your company, in 1 Corinthians 15, don't let anyone deceive you. Associating with bad people will ruin decent people. That's the Bible. You hang out with people that are constantly throwing garbage at you, Tell them I'm not a garbage can. I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit and disassociate yourself from them. It's time that we be real serious about our spiritual life. So guard your heart, your thoughts, your eyes, your company. Don't become a garbage can. God's called you to be a temple of the Holy Spirit. Cultivate your spirituality. Steve Gallagher in Pure Life Ministries said that living in the Spirit is really the way to overcome the lust of the flesh. He says, so I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Pray in the Holy Spirit on your own. Uh, Walk in the Spirit. Live in the Spirit. Ask God to fill you with his Holy Spirit. Ask for the fruit of the Spirit. Meditate on the Word of God. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. You know, uh, Bruce Wilkerson has a wonderful book and also our our men's group has used uh, his program where it was holiness in times of temptation. Every day during that four-week period, it had various verses of scripture that you could meditate on in the morning, in the afternoon, at night. You fill your heart, you fill your mind with the word of God and it becomes a gatekeeper. Develop your prayer life. In Matthew 26, 41, Jesus said, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. And then Paul the Apostle says in Galatians 5, 24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. It is not easy to be a Christian. You can't just come to church and say, I'm going to automatically live a godly life. You can't just walk in the church building and think, okay, I gave my life to Christ and it's just going to happen. No, there's a battle. There's a war. There's a conflict. You have to put to death the old nature. I know the culture says, vent your feelings, vent your emotions, follow what you feel like. But the Bible doesn't say live like that. When you live like that, you're creating more and more of a desire for the things of the world that will destroy you. There was a man who was saved And he had lived a very loose life. He was a rough type of individual. And he had done all sorts of things. For months later, the pastor was talking to him, and he says, how are you doing? And he said, oh, it's terrible, pastor, being a Christian. I have this battle. He said, I'm being pulled this way and that way. I'm being pulled to do the wrong thing, and then... There's another part of me that does, wants to do the right thing. He says it's like two teams of horses, one pulling me towards the world and the other pulling me towards God and trying to please God. So the pastor looked at him and said, well, which team is winning? 
And the man with a twinkle in his eye said, the team I say giddy up to. You can be more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ if you follow the biblical admonition. Guard your heart. Uh, Cultivate your spirituality. And I'd say lastly, remember the cost. In Galatians 6, 8, the one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. Remember, you reap what you sow. I think about David when he was tempted to commit adultery with Bathsheba. Imagine with me Satan coming to him and saying, David, I have a great one-night stand for you. Let me tell you, though, what it's going to cost. First of all, what's going to cost you is you're going to have to sin more afterwards. You're going to have to lie to cover it up. You're going to play the part of a hypocrite. You're even going to have to murder someone. David, you know what it's going to cost you? It's going to cost you your good name and reputation. David, it's going to cost you your family. There will be family problems and all sorts of dysfunctional things happening in your home for generations to come. Your own family will become involved in immorality. Your own family will rebel against you, David. David, you know what it's going to cost you? People will never forget the affair that you tried to do in secret. In fact, they'll remember it as much as they remember you're defeating Goliath on the battlefield. They'll remember your sin of adultery with Bathsheba just as much as they remember your defeat of Goliath on the battlefield. And for generations to come, they remember your sin. Here, David, have Bathsheba. What do you think he would have said? Count the cost. All of us are made from the same stuff, the dust of the earth. Flesh is flesh, no matter whose bones it's on. The strongest man that ever lived was Samson, and yet he was overcome by lust, defeated. His eyes plucked out, grinding a millstone. The wisest man that ever lived in the Old Testament, defeated by lust, he became a a prodigal going far from God. He had started off with a tender heart towards God and God's favor on his life, and he ended up with many wives, and his heart turned away from God. One of the most spiritual men David, a man after God's own heart, defeated by lust. You, me, everyone in here is made of the same stuff. From the earth, we were made. And all through life's journey, you're going to have to be aware of a battle that will go on. You say, oh, pastor, I wish it wasn't that way. You may wish it's not that way, but it is. It makes you and forces you to be dependent upon God. 
It puts you in a position where you recognize your own frailty and your need of God all through the journey. I need thee every hour, every single hour. The 1995 film starring Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt highlighted gruesome crimes all centered around the seven deadly sins. And while this movie is far from biblical, we do know that each one of us are open to the temptations of the flesh. Pastor Ed is sharing a seven-part series, each part on a specific sin. To learn more about Building in Faith or to get a free copy of today's teaching, simply log on to buildinginfaithradio.com. That's buildinginfaithradio.com. Although Building in Faith is a huge blessing, we pray that it's not your only source for the teaching of the Word of God. It's our hope that you're attending a church that teaches God's Word from beginning to end. If not, we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for Worship on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For service times, driving directions, and more information, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Building in Faith with Dr. Edward Jones. Please join us next time as Pastor Ed continues teaching through his series entitled Seven Deadly Sins, right here on Building in Faith. Your word restores.